Hi, everyone, and welcome to RX Rounds, a podcast that focuses on health education in the Caribbean community. I am your host, Alandra Mitchell. Hey, folks, welcome back to RX Rounds. You guys told us you really enjoyed that last Instagram Live episode with Franz Jalizo. So we recorded another live episode this week with Dr. Dylan Canterbury. This is our final episode for the year of 2020 as we move into 2021 with brand new content and some amazing new wellness partners. Now don't you worry, we will still be producing some awesome content for you on our Facebook instagram and linkedin pages so if you aren't following us yet definitely go on all of these platforms and follow us for some awesome content as we prepare some new podcast episodes for you to be released in 2021 so in this episode board certified geriatric pharmacist dr delon canterbury joins me to discuss the flu and the flu vaccine, as well as some of the -the over-the-counter medications we use to treat symptoms of the cold and flu. Well, thank you guys for joining in. Charnay, hi, thanks for coming in. Hey, hey guys. Um, Yeah, we're chatting about fighting flu season. Um, You guys know because we're in the middle of a pandemic, it's even more important now than ever for us to be knowledgeable about flu season and the things that we should be doing. So we're going to chat about that today with Dr. Canterbury. I'm so excited to have another pharmacist to chat with. This is awesome. Absolutely. And Alandra, I appreciate you just inviting us and letting us just kind of share our knowledge on, on flu. It's a serious thing and it happens every year, but sometimes we act surprised, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Dr. Canterbury also has his own uh, consulting agency called Geriatrics. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I started this company, Geriatrics, really focusing on helping people save money, navigate the healthcare system that's completely complex, and really find ways to really get the savings at the pharmacy counter too. So we try to look at all the points of care and figure out the cheapest alternatives for you and then work with your provider to get you on the best plan possible. So I really love it. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're geriatric or not. We really just focus on really educating you on medications and knowing how that can really impact your life. I love that. And I've been seeing your lives on Facebook. I think it's great some of the advice and tips that you give folks. So I'm really excited to see what comes in the future for this um, consulting company. I think it's such a great idea. Absolutely, appreciate it, thank you. So we're gonna go ahead and get started. I think there's so much to cover with this big topic and it's so very important right now, especially for um, us being in the middle of a pandemic. So um, let's start with, you know, what is the flu? You know, like it's hard for us to really talk about uh, flu season in general if we don't really understand what the flu is. So can you tell us a little bit about what is it? Sure, absolutely. So the flu is a really common uh, respiratory or lung virus that can really infect your nose, throat, and of course your lungs. It's easily spread, unfortunately, almost similarly to how coronavirus is spread, but basically by you talking, basically by you coughing or having the flu or sneezing, 
having any of those symptoms that are pretty much expelling your germs yeah. is how we spread the fruit, the flu. So it's super easy to spread it, especially now when the weather's changing, people are going home for the holidays. You could be asymptomatic and still spread the flu. So it's really just as important with coronavirus to keep your hands clean, wash and wash and wash them as much as you can. And if you are sick, try to stay away from other people. Yeah. And we talk a little bit about coronavirus, but in, in the time when we're in a pandemic, it's so important for us to now be looking at the flu more seriously. You know, um, one of the big reasons for that is because of the impact that the coronavirus is having on the healthcare system. I've worked in the ER during flu season and it is insane. Oh, yeah. um, the patients are coming in and, you know, they're not sure what's going on. We have to do all of these testing. So when our healthcare system right now is so terribly drained and so many of our practitioners are drained, it's really important for us to kind of work on how we can stop the spread of the flu without having to go into the emergency room. Absolutely. And that is exactly where your local pharmacist can really play a factor in that. We don't want you in the hospital. Okay, guys. So that's why they have these beautiful vaccines to keep people out and from having severe symptoms that could have been worse if you didn't get your flu shot. So it's completely fair to say that because this is probably the busiest time of the year. Mm -hmm. People are actually have been shown to get the flu and COVID now. So it's a double whammy. And you don't want to be in that ER wondering which one's both. So it's really scary, guys. So it's really important to just keep your hygiene going, keep socially distancing. Um, but this is the time of year. And usually it starts in fall. But people don't realize it keeps going until pretty much the end of winter. So it's yeah. really too Yeah, up to the spring of next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, get your flu shot. I'm a huge advocate. Um, if you're older, uh, definitely get your pneumonia, your shingrix, get all the vaccines you possibly can. Um, and we'll get into more of that. Later. Yeah, so let's hop on in because you already sure. mentioned the flu shot. Tell us what, what is available now. Right. So most people usually um, below the age of 65 um, will be getting what's called the quadrivalent or flu level quadrivalent vaccine. And what that means is there are four different types of strains covered in that shot for you. Um, I didn't mention earlier, but there are two strains. There's influenza A and influenza B. And a lot of our vaccines try to predict which country or which origin that that bug came from to get you your flu shot for the next year. So what we're trying to do is predict which strains will be the worst ones. For instance, you know, we had that swine flu that one year. Um, there are different strains. So we try to predict which ones have been the worst traditionally, and that's how we make our vaccines new every year. Yeah, and it's really important to get that vaccine early because that immunity is gonna build up over time. So we know that the flu season happens just around the fall. So October should have been the time we start getting our, our flu shots, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, October is the best time. I, I like to tell people that it does take two weeks before your flu vaccine really takes effect. So if you're going to see someone in between that time and you're not, you know, you just got your shot, be aware of that because children are more susceptible of getting the flu, even though you as an adult may be able to handle it. Yeah. So who should get this flu vaccine? 
Great question. And honestly, everyone breathing under the sun should get a flu vaccine. There are very rare cases where you should not get one. And that's for those who may suffer from Guillain-Barre syndrome. But honestly, unless you know those words and speak French, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about it. Get your flu shot. It's especially more important when you're a minority. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the African-American, Latina, and Native American communities suffer higher hospitalization rates than other races when compared for the exacerbations of having the flu. We just have it a little bit worse as a minority. So those who are in that age group, people who are over 65, people who are actually under two, and if you're above six months and up, you should get your flu shot. Mm -hmm. That's actually recommended by the CDC and by the American Academy of Family Physicians as well. So we really want to stress that those who may have diabetes, those who may be obese, those who have any type of lung disorder, asthma, COPD, smokers, they just have higher risks of having the flu. So getting it will honestly be a better help than not. Yeah. And, you know, I talked a little bit about being in the ER during flu season and oh. one of the biggest things I remember was having um, the flu vaccines in shortage. And this happens. Mm -hmm. This You're a pharmacist, <laughs> so you know oh, yeah. shortages, shortages are real. Yeah. So, you know, we tend to look at some of those groups that you mentioned as being priorities to getting the, va the vaccine as opposed to other healthy individuals. But if you can get your vaccine early, go ahead and get it as soon as okay. possible in the season. Completely right. Again, it takes time for the vaccine to actually work. <clears throat> for those who may be 65 and up, just so you know, there is a special one for you. It's called the flu uh, high dose vaccine. And what it is, is it's four times the strength of a regular vaccine. So it gives a stronger immune response. So it's really important that if you're 65, you're asking for that specific high dose senior shot. Great point. So what about pregnant women? Should they get the vaccine? Absolutely. Pregnancy is actually one of the higher risk groups as well. And even two weeks after you give birth, you're at a super high risk of getting the flu. So we usually encourage mothers who are expecting to definitely get your flu shot. It has been shown that some of that vaccine can pass on to the fetus and can protect them as well. So that's super important. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because we have a lot of new moms that listen to our podcast. So we want to make sure we target them and let them know all of the info that we can. Oh, uh, yeah. So RX Rounds is all about busting those myths. And, you know, we try to get all of the evidence-based information associated with all of these things. So today, because we're talking about the flu, I wanted to target um, one of those myths about vaccines. Because a lot of people are not <clears throat> keen on vaccines. And it's mainly because of this. Um, they think that it can lead to autism. Mm -hmm. is, is this a myth or is it fact? Tell us. Sure. So this is a hugely debated point. 20 years ago, it isn't anymore, guys. It's a complete myth. Um, unfortunately, this was driven by the agenda of one person whose article got debunked publicly um, and he actually lost his accreditation as a medical doctor for that. There's a great uh, uh, documentary on it, so that's how I know that. But needless to say, what people are thinking about when they think about autism comes from this ingredient, which is mercury-based. 
Mercury can definitely cause some autism. It does cause some cognitive defects, but mercury is not what are in these vaccines. There's a byproduct of it, which is called thiomerosol. Doesn't really matter the name, but people think that's what's causing autism. Since 2003, there have actually been nine studies conducted looking at the evidence for autism linked to that ingredient, and there's been no evidence whatsoever. So get that idea out of your head. That is more of an agenda of someone's uh, personal interest to get his own notoriety. And that myth is completely out of the door in terms of what health professionals are saying about the flu shot. So there is no autism linked to that. So definitely get your shot. Yeah, definitely. And I do see a question from Born for Son. Um, a great one. I'll read it out loud for everybody. But can you get the flu vaccine while you have the flu? So when patients usually come into my pharmacy and they want to get a flu shot, and then they go through the questionnaire and it says, are you feeling well today? Are you sick? Um, if you answer yes to that and you are sick, uh, you cannot get the flu shot. Now, you can get it later when you start feeling better. But it's been shown that if you get the flu shot while you are actually sick, it could make your symptoms much worse. So we really don't recommend people that are sick to get a flu shot. But if you are getting over something and you're feeling a bit better today, do know that you can get a flu shot at that point. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, if you had been taking one of those antivirals like Tamiflu or or one of those, you have to wait a certain period of time and it's different for each of those antivirals before getting the flu shot. So if you had the flu and you had to take one of those, let's say you were at the hospital or something like that, you definitely have to wait some time mm -hmm. before you get the flu shot. And another thing in, you know, in relation to that is if you've had the flu during the season, you should still get the flu shot. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there, again, there, there's really no evidence in getting it twice, but just get it. As long as you get it seasonally, uh, you, you should be in good shape. Yes. Great question. Yeah. So um, another myth that we hear all the time is, do you get the flu from the flu vaccine? Mm -hmm. A lot of folks tend to not want to take it because they feel like they have symptoms after having the vaccine. What right. are your Right. Um, so, you know, this is probably the most common thing I hear when people ask me, you know, last time I got it, it made me sick. I haven't had it for 20 years because of that. First of all, if you had a flu shot from 20 years ago, it's not going to work the same. Let's just, just, just put it there. But this is a really common myth, and I'm happy that, that you asked that so we can talk more about it. Yeah. Um, you know, what the flu shot does, right? is it worsens your risk of having a really bad flu that can put you in the hospital. You could still get the flu even though you get in a vaccine. When you get the shot, your most common side effects are going to be irritation or pain at the site of injection. But sometimes that does come with what are called flu-like symptoms, where you may get a little might, slight low-grade fever, or you may have a little bit of a cough develop. This is a side effect. It does not mean that you are getting the flu. It just means you're having a side effect from the vaccine. And it is super common to have that. In fact, when people have those injections, you know, sometimes I tell them just take, hey, take a Tylenol. If you start feeling some pain coming along or a headache or a fever, it will help break the fever if that comes. But 
honestly, you're not getting the flu. Your body is just building the strength to really fight off the flu whenever it comes back again. Great. So doc, you talked about side effects versus symptoms. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what are those symptoms of the flu? Cause maybe sometimes people mix these up. Sure thing. So flu symptoms can really range. Um, but the more hallmark signs you will see will be a fever. You don't have to have a fever, but a fever is super common. Having chills, having just feverish, a low-grade fever, sweats, headache, fatigue. A lot of those symptoms kind of are the hallmark signs of having the flu. It also tends to kind of just hit you like a truck. It just comes at once. It's not yeah. like a gradual worsening, which is more similar to a cold, but a flu is more severe than a cold. And unfortunately, it does have more risk of putting you in the hospital and having some complications from that. Especially with individuals who have immune diseases and things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. HIV, diabetes, any lung disease, a lot of people can be at increased risk, minorities especially, for getting the flu. Yeah. So you mentioned cough, the cold and the flu. So mm -hmm. I think we should probably talk about some of those over-the-counter things that people use um, during flu season, thinking it's just a cold. Um, what are some of those things? Great point. So first and foremost, there are plenty of meds out there. I know a lot of us love to go to our NyQuil, DayQuil in the counter and just chug it and, and go to sleep. That's not the way <laughs> I approve this message. Like, no, that's not what pharmacists want you to do. We don't right. want you to get the fanciest brand name over the counter. In fact, a lot of those medications that are marketed to you all have a bunch of ingredients in it that you really don't need. In fact, they probably may make your symptoms worse or just honestly waste your money. So we really, as pharmacists, like to have you on one drug and then treat that one symptom for that one drug. And if it kills two birds with one stone, then great. Great. But <laughs> we don't like combination products at all. We don't like you on NyQuil, DayQuil. Half of the stuff in there is alcohol, sugar, and like, stuff you may not even need, or you can get it in a more effective way. Um, so what commonly comes to mind for me are Flonase, Nasacort, nasal sprays to really help with the congestion people get. When people have fever and chills, I really like to recommend Tylenol over ibuprofen because it has a safer profile. It doesn't mean you can go happy with it and just take a bunch of pills at once, but your threshold of risk is much less with Tylenol versus taking a bunch of ibuprofen in a day, particularly with those who may have any kidney issues or high blood pressure as well. And that's something you want to really think about when you're choosing your medications. What diseases do you have? Yeah. Um, so what about like those decongestants um, that are available over the counter? Yeah, so behind the pharmacy counter where you mm -hmm. sign your life away to get ingredients like Sudafed, um, they are really good nasal decongestants. Um, they're awesome for getting rid of that pressure right in between your eyes and nasal sinus cavities here. The problem is though, they can raise your blood pressure. And you wanna make sure you talk to your pharmacist and doctor before choosing those products because it can actually worsen some disease states. If you have any heart disorders like coronary artery disease or any heart issues at all, be careful with Sudafed because it can affect your heart rate. 
that's a big deal, especially if you have hypertension, which is high blood pressure, and it may not be controlled on the medications you're on. You want to avoid those nasal decongestions particularly. Yeah. So there are a lot of other stuff over the counter. There's like Robitussin, Delsum, um, Mucinex. Tell mm -hmm. us what are these specifically for? Okay. So great point. When people come to the counter, they ask, you know, I have a cold, what should I get? And I usually start asking the patient questions, which I'll bring up to you guys now. First thing, if you have any type of cough, I'm going to ask you, is it a dry cough or a wet cough? Is anything coming out as you're coughing or do you feel something kind of rattling in your lungs? If you have that, then that is a wet cough. And when you have a wet cough or a productive cough, you're going to want mucinex, which is pretty much your, mus your mucus buster. And what it does is it helps you cough up whatever is in your chest to really get it out there. But it only works if you drink a lot of water. So I want to make sure that if you're going to be using mucinex to have an adequate amount of water with that for it to really work. If you don't have enough water, it's like you're not taking anything at all. And that's one main point I say for mucinex, which is really great for wet coughs. If you're producing a cough, you want mucinex, which is that mucus buster. When you have the opposite, which is a dry cough, yeah. <laughs> that's where you want to use your delsum or your dextromethorphan. That is really great for suppressing your cough and keeping it down, okay? If you have a wet cough and you use delsum, which is for dry coughs, you're not going to get better. If, if anything, it'll be minimal, but it's really not going to help the symptoms that you're talking about, okay? Um, so that's one thing to note. Dry coughs, dextromethorphan, which is your, you know, your Robitussin, DM, uh, Delsum. Awesome. Um, they have several other combination products, but just Dayquil go for that. Has, Dayquil has, yeah. yeah. Dayquil. Thank you. Exactly, Dayquil. Um, so we have uh, another question. How mm -hmm. did doctor get into medicine? So Dr. Canterbury is a pharmacist, but I'll let him tell you why he chose pharmacy and, and what are his um, goals with pharmacy. Absolutely. So um, it's a great question. My family, uh, they come from Guyana, South America, right? So we really love using herbal remedies, herbal products. You know, we like to mix teas and bitters. And honestly, we end up drinking those potions. And I was always wondering, why did my mom come up with this stuff? Like, where did this come from? What got her into this, this herb and that herb makes the best remedy? I don't know. So <laughs> that made me curious about medicine and healing and learning how to use medications to truly, you know, impact people, especially people that look like me. So that encouraged me to kind of go into a career of pharmacy because I loved knowing what the chemistry was behind the pills. Like, how does this work in the body? Where does it work? Yeah. So that led me to pharmacy and that really led me to a passion of empowering my patients with this knowledge so they can be better prepared to handle themselves and not get scammed by healthcare. And that's what geriatrics is about, is about helping you navigate the healthcare landscape and save you money on medication so you're not losing it on just not knowing any better. Yeah. Well, I hope that answered your question. So you did talk about those herbal meds that your family used, my family used. I know your family is Guyanese. We are Trinidadian. So there's just so many options. I grew up around my grandmother as well, and she 
had she had an herb for something or yeah. everything <laughs> so um in terms of cough and cold and flu um one of the things that the herbs are used for are treating those symptoms similar to over-the-counter products mm -hmm. so in that case we had a lot of options so we would use um if you have a sore throat associated, you have to gaggle salt and water or um, honey and lime. We used to have yeah. a lot. Um, if you were taking Wonder of the World, I don't have you heard of Wonder of the World? I don't think so. I've okay. heard of Buckley's, but I don't know about Wonder of the World. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a plant my grandmother had like in her backyard. Um, what are some other herbal meds that can be used that are out there? more commonly i should say sure so you know there are a ton of herbal medications out there guys you know my mom particularly loved to use lemongrass just for everything that was her thing peppermint tea um but in we terms called of lemongrass fever grass in trinidad oh fever grass i didn't know that okay. <laughs> yeah i didn't know that that's pretty funny yeah um yeah so um, particularly if we're talking about cough and cold and flu season, right? So my mom particularly loves to use echinacea. So mm -hmm. that's been shown to have some moderate effects on reducing some of your cold symptoms. From what I see, it's better if it's used preventatively. So if you're using it at like the start of symptoms starting or if you use it for a couple days when you feel a cold might be coming on, it's been shown to be the most advantageous um but in terms of like long-term effects it's not recommended to use past 10 days so don't use it chronically um it may have some hormone like regulating effects so just make sure if you're going to use it use it for a couple of days when you're around that flu season if you're starting to get some symptoms do not use it for months and months and months yeah and that's with a lot of herbal meds it's oh yeah absolutely another good one that comes up is uh zinc and vitamin c Zinc actually seems to have some moderate evidence, which in our world of herbals is actually better than most. <laughs> so that's kind of middle. But what that mm -hmm. means is there has been some evidence that it can actually stop viruses from spreading within your nasal cavities. I do recommend that if you're going to use zinc, you don't use it for no longer than five days. Um, it has been shown or it can actually cause permanent loss of senses of smell and taste. So that's that's a real side effect. So do not use it for more than five days if you use it. And if you're going to use it, just go ahead and use a zinc lozenge. Do not use the nasal spray. The nasal spray has a higher risk of having some of those permanent side effects I mentioned. So stick to the lozenge, which is like a cough drop or candy, so to speak. Melt in your mouth. And let that yeah. work. Let that melt in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to talk about in terms of the flu season, vaccines, cold and um, cough and colds? Sure. You know, I feel like sometimes we don't stress enough of the non-pharmacological options. So I really love talking about, you know, drinking plenty of fluids. You'd be surprised how much drinking water can really lessen some of your symptoms like almost immediately so drink a ton of water if you are sick if you have the flu um take a hot shower you know get a humidifier there are ways you yeah. can take medications and still get some of that soothing effects in your nasal cavities so i'm a huge fan of telling people to use um humidifiers okay um hot showers are great 
salt water gargles are great, okay? If you have a sore throat, it is completely fine to use a hot water with some salt and just gargle that two or three times a day for a couple of days. It really can make your symptoms better without you paying anything almost. We're at a point where honestly, guys, the COVID and flu are pretty much neck and neck in this yeah. race. When you're in the ER, you're kind of treating them the same. Like you don't know, you honestly don't know. Yeah, um, you can get all the symptoms or no symptoms with both. Right. Exactly. So there's yeah. such a wide range. I wish it was as easy to say, oh, you got COVID or you got the flu. And in fact, most cases you won't know until you get an oral swab done to really check and confirm if you're COVID or flu positive. So a great point still is to isolate yourself if you have emergent conditions where you can no longer breathe or if your heart is racing or your fever is over 104, then you may want to seek medical attention urgently and get emergency help. But if you're just at home and dealing with symptoms, most pharmacists would say you just kind of treat the symptoms like we did earlier. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you have, drink plenty of water, socially distance, um, you know, if you're in those higher populations where you have a better, a higher risk, like being diabetic, being over 65, being less than two, um, or just being, you know, diabetic with other chronic conditions or, okay. or liver conditions, those, all of those things matter. So it's a little more specific depending on who you are. But if you have those conditions, seek urgent medical attention, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a great point because it can be confused COVID and the flu. And that's one of the reasons why we're huge proponents for the flu vaccine so that we don't have that confusion if it's possible for us to not even get the flu to begin with. So right. Great point. Absolutely. Um, so we have another question. What about <laughs> Vicks? I've heard everything. I've heard grandpas put Vicks in their baby's sock and let their baby soak in it overnight. Don't do any of that stuff. But as a pharmacist, I love Vicks. Um, it's great when it's just used on the top of the skin. You don't need a lot of it. Um, I, great I, for that congestion feeling, yeah, especially I, in the nasal cavity. Exactly. It's really great for that nasal congestion, that menthol, that camphor. Those are the ingredients that are really making all the, the magic happen. I will advise to not swallow it. I know there's some old wise tales out there to just take a little bit, put it in your tongue or put it in your nose. You don't need any of that. Just put some on your chest or put some on a tissue. And if you have a newborn, you can put a little bit on their chest, okay? But you do not need to swallow it. You do not need to swaddle in it and, and just bathe in it and, and lather and think it will break the fever. Don't do any of that because those ingredients, the camphor and menthol can get absorbed and it can actually cause a fatal toxicity. But overall, when Vicks is used appropriately, I love it. I have no problems with Vicks, especially with younger children. It's great to use. Just don't let them eat it and start chewing at it. That would be a problem. So we had another question that we missed earlier. How important is the flu shot on COVID and how will you all be getting, or will you all be getting your flu shot? Yes, I will. I actually plan to go get mine um, this weekend. Well, I, I got mine earlier in the year. Um, I got mine, I think, mid-October. Mid um, and I wanted to get it early because I didn't want to be in the height of a COVID pandemic in the middle of a pharmacy trying to get it. So I got it a little bit earlier. Um, but I always recommend getting the shot. 
I think the risk outweighs the benefit of not getting it. So just get it um, if you have the ability to, if you have the insurance to pay for it. If you don't have insurance, look to see if there are any local health clinics around that maybe be able to offer it to you for free or super, super cheap. It's not an excuse to not have insurance. I want everyone to be protected and know that there are resources that people can help you out and get it for free. Will you get a COVID shot? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So this is a, a great Ooh. question. I will let you yeah. go on that, Alandra. <laughs> yeah, um, so great question. Will you get a COVID shot? Actually, I will. Um, based on the healthcare advisory and some of the studies that I've read thus far on the testing for the vaccines, I would probably go ahead and get the vaccine. Um, there are some considerations. I know a lot of people are very nervous about it being uh, a new virus and the time frame in which it was um, done and the trials and stuff like that. Uh, but as a healthcare professional, I think we have to trust the evidence. And once I've reviewed the evidence, I think it's not a bad idea for me to get it. Um, of course, I'd like to see it all. And that's something that we love as pharmacists, the transparency of medical evidence for us to be able to read and define it and determine for ourselves if we want to get the vaccine. So, your thoughts? <laughs> sure. So... Just to share, I am a part of a local African-American COVID task force. And what we do is we try to help give resources for people impacted by COVID, whether it be mental health, whether it be COVID testing, whether it be utilities and rent assistance. So when I hear opportunities to talk about the COVID vaccine, it, it makes me wonder because here we have a rich history of being taken advantage of as a people with the Tuskegee experiment with um, Project Midnight. Anyway, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of yeah. when we've been taking advantage of as Black people or minorities um, when it comes to immunizations. But looking at the evidence, looking at what I've seen, and I've been studying and presenting information on the trials for COVID, the evidence is pretty good. I mean, it's a little skewed because it's the companies making it, but. Yeah people have not drastically died and fallen in droves. And we've already have trials where numbers of people up to 45,000 have people, been yeah. enrolled since March of this year. So come spring, we're gonna have a whole year of really strong evidence showing you're gonna get pretty much the same symptoms you would get with any other shot, which from what I've seen has been mainly fever, mainly a little bit of headache, um, I've, I've seen some, some random bouts of chills, but honestly, most side effects are irritation sight, you know? So mm -hmm. looking at the evidence and looking objectively as a black man, knowing my history, I will get the vaccine. And I have volunteered to be a part of clinical trials, which I encourage people to do, not only for a nice, you know, stipend, but you get paid to do it, but... Yeah to provide more evidence because a lot of these trials, as much as I don't see much harm, I do see a lack of representation. I do see lack of minorities. I do see lack of Latina members studied in these trials to really say, all right, this would be great for all people instead of just majority healthy white people. 
So an amazing question. I am going to get the shot. I'm even I am also going to get the shot. <laughs> exactly. And I'm enrolled to be a volunteer for a clinical trial. So if I get a call to be in a trial, I'll get the shot before most people anyway, if I'm in the, <laughs> the study group. So I don't mind that. And I'm doing it not for me. I'm doing it for the science. I'm doing it for we need more evidence to really say this black man did OK. And that's what we're lacking. And yeah. it's a circle of mistrust versus well, I got to get something. I don't want to get COVID. And I encourage people to kind of talk openly about this so we're not afraid of another Tuskegee experiment happening again. Yeah, I think that was an awesome question. Um, uh, thank you, Attorney Williams, again. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we had one more. And, ooh, nice one. How can we maximize relationship with pharmacists? I see the consultation sign at pharmacies, but I'm, I'm assuming she sees it, but she's probably thinking they're not accessible maybe. It's, it's a, it's a great question, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, pharmacists are just people and it's literally three people in that pharmacy trying to fill thousands of medications for people in a day. So I know the setting isn't ideal to have a nice chat and say, hey, let's talk, let's shoot the breeze, but just talk to them. Honestly, just talk to them, get to know them because honestly, the patients I remember are the ones who want to talk to me and they yeah. want to ask, how am I doing? How's your team? How was your day? And people who really want to get to know you, you're going to remember. And then yeah. you're like, oh yeah, that's Miss So-and-so. She was uh, she was real cool last time. Let's, let's look into that for her. And you're going to, you'll see that energy come back to you. And I'm not saying this is every pharmacist, but I understand that sometimes when you go in there, you don't want to just bother them. Mm -hmm. That's what we're there for. That's what we're paid to do. Pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare professional in the entire country, yeah. in the entire country. So, yeah. so many- Anywhere, actually. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere, <laughs> yeah. anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. completely right. And we're paid to just provide you with support and help. Yeah. So don't don't ever feel like the onus is on you to just break the ice. Like, no, like, go say hi, talk. We're just trying to we're just trying to help you out. Because honestly, we're all about you getting better and getting the best health you can. Yeah. So if you're getting that health, we, we want what's good for you. So don't don't be afraid for sure. Yeah, just say hi. And just to follow up on that, too, I think for me as a pharmacist, I pride myself on being the most accessible healthcare professional. I love having my family call me and say, hey, I'm thinking about taking this or my doctor just put me on that. What do you think? Right. We love that because oh, yeah. that's why we studied this. That's why we went into this field. So right. definitely, if you want to build that relationship with your pharmacist, which is a great relationship to have, oh, yeah. go ahead and say hi. Go ahead, introduce yourself. And we will always remember names. Like I remember oh. some of the patients I had from... Mm -hmm. <laughs> from my residency and I absolutely love them still, you know? Yeah. Calling, calling is fine too. I mean, as long as we put a name to that face and eventually see you come in and, and, and see the connection, I mean, you're gonna, you'll be in our hearts. But I will say to all my technicians and pharmacists, we love food. So if you really <laughs> just love your pharmacist, just say, hey, you know, I just came in and wanted to show some support, you know, bring some muffins or something, you know, like a little $5 here, like, just a little treats, like they just love candy, treats, yeah. anything. Like it just makes your whole day completely better when a patient does that. It's like, oh man, did you hear that so-and-so came? 
It, it really does. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, being there and receiving it. I've had people show up with a random Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburger for me. And I'm just like, you know what? This is love. I'll take it. And I appreciate that. And I won't forget it. So just be human. Be open. And the other thing is that's what RX Rounds is about. You know, we pride ourselves on having a platform to provide you quality information. So if you need or have any questions, feel free to go through our website, through our Instagram page. I don't know the answer to everything. I'll be the first person to say that. But we have an amazing group of wellness partners, just like Dr. Canterbury, that I reach out to and ask for advice and get um, information for you guys. So feel free, call us up, text message. Actually, the number on the website is linked to WhatsApp, so you can send us a WhatsApp message as well. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm here 100% for you. So, Alandra, you already know I'm going to support. So if you have any questions, any concerns, thoughts, um, I'm happy to be here for you. I'm trying to be the most successful pharmacist, like you yes, said. Yes, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> you don't have to be, guys, we don't have to be in a pharmacy. Like We're changing the way people see us. Like, you can literally email us, call us, you know, and, and we're right there. So having that par- pharmacist in your pocket you know, that, that comes, that goes a long way and it can save you some money. Yes. Well, guys, I, we were supposed to do 30 minutes, but we went over. I'm glad we got to answer all of your questions. Thank you guys so much for asking them. I hope we answered everything for you today. And as always, feel free to jump on our website and send us any questions you may have. Um, Dr. Canterbury, I can't thank you enough. This has been great having you on board. A really good conversation. I think we got to talk about some really important things. Thank you guys so much. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. This podcast represents the professional opinion of RX Rounds and its wellness partners. Our content is created for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for direct personal and professional medical care or diagnosis. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding your medical needs. If you enjoyed this episode, visit RX Rounds on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And we'll see you next rounds on RX Rounds.